Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Hey guys. <laughs> so it's just me today. Um, Shane couldn't make it out to LA. I couldn't make it out to New York. So I'm going to be hosting today's episode. So you're going to be hanging out with me today. Um, we have a very special guest, but I'll introduce her in just a bit. I just want to get some things out. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you could just go ahead and subscribe, share, rate, review, like all of the above, we'd appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I guess now all I need to do now is introduce our guest. So today we have Dr. Tracy Warshewski. I'm not saying Menachello <laughs> because Menachello didn't earn that doctor degree. So say mm-hmm. hi to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Hi guys, how's it going? <laughs> so just as like a little adverb, um, like a little blurb, she is a little bit sick. So if she starts coughing, we're sorry. We're going to hack up lungs probably throughout this whole interview, but... Yeah. Do you want to just say a little something, something? Sure. So as Brian said, my name's Tracy Minichello. My maiden name is Warshewski. He jokes that my husband did not work for my degree, so he mm. won't call me by that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about how we met or just Yeah, myself, so let's or? at this point jump right into the fruit roll-up. All right, so yeah, let's explain as a fruit roll-up, not necessarily what's going on this week, but like how we met so the listeners know like our history together. So do you want to start back, back, back when we lived together? Oh, man. So far back. It's been a long time. It has. Yeah. So Brian and I first met, it was my sophomore year, Brian's freshman year. Uh, I was already at Cal State Long Beach, and then he came in as an incoming freshman, uh, we were go beach. <laughs> oh yeah, we were at practice. We were both on the cheerleading team there at Long Beach, and uh, our coach told us about this German German boy that was going <laughs> to come in the summer, and he was going to be on the team the next year, and wanted to know if anyone could put him up at their house and if he could stay y'all with them. were so fucked up because not a single person <laughs> wanted me to live with him so that's fucked up he did not explain at all that this german boy was not like a foreign exchange student like this tall white non-english speaking guy yeah. and then brian shows up and we're like what the heck we would have totally hung out with you so obviously we were a little shocked when we saw him i feel like um our coach in college, like part of the reason people probably know, like no one trusted this new German guy, supposedly German guy, because I feel like Eric never gives you any like information. Backstory. Yeah, no. backstory, anything. He's like, who mm-hmm. wants to host a German guy? So yeah, I'm sure you guys it. were like expecting some white, fat German mm-hmm. man in a later hose in. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's funny too, because when I met the team, when I finally showed up, Everyone assumed I was just another California boy. And they're like, oh, what's your name? You know, like, blah, 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 blah. And then people were like, where's the German guy? And I'm like, I think that's me. <laughs> I think I might be him. I think I'm the German guy. Yeah. Yep. So then from there, what? We, like, yeah. lived together for yeah. we five years? We became friends pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think within the next year, we moved in. Or we, we were friends for a couple of years before yeah. we moved in. And then we lived together for five years. For five years. Yeah. And um, we lived in what we called Bacaro. It was almost like the cheer sorority house in college. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the whole house was like cheer people. So it mm-hmm. became like the cheer house and everyone who was on the team would always come over. That was like my favorite part of college. It was amazing. That house. There was always, I mean, cause there was five of us living there. And then if each person had like two friends over, it uh-huh. was a party uh-huh. all the time on uh-huh. a Tuesday. So um, there's always something going and on. And then what, after, like the last year that we lived there, Shane moved in because yeah. our, jo- our friend, jo- one of our roommates, good friends, Longtime listener. Hey, Josefa. Um, she moved down. He he took her place. And wait, because I love... <laughs> I, I love... You're gonna say. Yes, I love to be messy. You know, I'm a messy oh, ass God. bitch. So let's talk about um, your guys' dynamic. Oh, goodness. I'm going to scoot back just a little bit because I feel like we're, we're pretty loud. These sound spikes are like shooting <laughs> through the roof. But... Um, Talk about you and Shane's dynamic, because I love this. All right. Well, this is going to be obviously one-sided, because this is just my view on all of it, <laughs> um, and he can weigh in next time <laughs> what his view was. Uh, but it was a little strained, and it was odd, because I really, really liked Shane a lot. Um, you and him were friends for a yeah. while before you moved in, and I always enjoyed him, and thought of him as a friend and once we moved in once he moved in for some reason we just didn't vibe and I don't know exactly what ever happened or what I might have done but let me pause there too because when I say this they're really good friends now and they're fine but when we were in college I think it was a stressful time Shane was going through a mess of a life but go ahead yeah so Basically, I was a little messy in college. Which is funny because you weren't messy. I, I just think you got messy, pegged right? in Shane's mind of I don't know. messy for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, some, I mean, I would like leave a dish on the counter, or a dish in the sink, or maybe I cooked and I didn't like wipe the crumbs off the countertop or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that was the most of it. Yeah. And um, for some reason, whenever there was a mess in the kitchen, I feel like Shane was so pissed that I made a mess. He just assumed it was me. If, like, the trash was overflowing, it was my fault. I don't really know. And this is just my view on it. I don't know if that's really what he thought. But there was this one time he was just fed up with how messy I was. And he, like, intentionally made a mess in the kitchen. And there was, like, peanut butter on the countertops and all this craziness. And one of the other roommates was like... Uh, are you going to clean that up or something like that? And from my perspective, basically he was like, no, like I'm leaving this for Tracy to see because he wanted to make a point that like I was being a slob or something like that. Like that passive aggressive shit. I was like, fuck this (laughs) shit. That's when me and Shane honestly were like on the rocks with our friendship because I was like, who the fuck is this demon? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's so messy. To clarify you guys, he literally purposefully made a mess (laughs) to prove a point of what it was like to live in a mess. For some reason, like neither of us ever uh, confronted it. We never like talked about, (laughs) I never was like, hey Shane, I feel like there's something weird. And he never told me, you know, what was going on with us. It just kind of happened. And then I moved away to go to vet school and it was never really addressed. And then, you know, after some time, we kind of caught back up on social media and had reached out and we're happy for each other where we, where we, we were in our lives and yeah. whatnot. And we never still have a, not addressed this. So right. thank you, Brian, for bringing it up so we can discuss it and move past it and be stronger because of it. I love that journey for you guys. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I feel like part of it is that we were just young and weren't capable of like articulating our thoughts. Yeah. So we were just like, I'm pissed because I have biology in the morning or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But that is so funny. So let's talk about uh, how you got your nickname, Trashy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
Well, there's differing there stories is different on stories. this. So, Brian has a different reason. Here's the here's the thing. Let us just fill you in before we go into our own. I'll let you explain okay. your take, and I'll explain my take. But all through college, we used to call Tracy trashy. Or we would just call her trash. And in public, I think we all had kind of like, well, for you and like uh, Josefa, mm-hmm. we would just call her ho or just mm-hmm. Joe. Well, I would call her ho. Mm-hmm. And I would actually call her dirty ho because I thought that was funnier. <laughs> but um, it was uh, like an inside joke, but it became so like nonchalantly yeah. tossed around yep. that even in public, we'd yeah. be like, hey, trash. And people would be like, what yep. the fuck? Yeah. So and tell. Kyle still calls me. <laughs> he in does, public. yeah. It's fine. Wait, tell your, tell your story about what Tracy, how trash came about. So I, in my opinion, it was just something we would kind of throw around because we were, you know, sleeping in, we were kind of lazy college students. We were a lot of times just wearing like whatever we woke up in Mm -hmm. to wherever to get breakfast. And we just would joke around. We would call each other homeless all the time and be like, (laughs) you are looking real homeless. You're looking real trashy. And it was just something we would say to each other. And then we realized that like trashy no, no, that's your... I'm, I'm <laughs> combining stories. stories. Okay. But we could combine so, once I tell my story. We'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, I know. The they're combining in my head. <laughs> so it was just something we would kind of say to each other. And it was like a little bit ironic because I was just a little bit buttoned up and a little bit reserved yeah. and kind of shy almost. So she it was, like was kind of like... You were like the least trashy roommate of the house. Granted, right. we were all very straight-laced. Right, yeah, Like, totally. we didn't do shit, but... Yeah. no no wild stories, no. really. Or a few, a few, but A not few, but yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of like an ironic thing, and then uh, Jamie was... Jamie being claiming, one of our other... Yeah, and... Oh, our... I forgot about... Clam, yeah. And yeah. then Vanessa. Do you remember Vanessa's nickname? Uh-uh. Chunty. Chunty! <laughs> <laughs> you, like, hesitate to say it. Like, like, am I allowed to say am this? Am I allowed to say that, that on podcast? Is that yeah. racist? Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> Um, oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. I didn't ever get a nickname though. Mm. Probably because I was the one handing them out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My story is, as you guys know, my mom is Korean and she has a heavy, heavy, thick accent and Tracy's nowhere near a Korean name. So when Tracy and I drove up North to visit my parents one summer, I recollect my mom like asking, oh, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, it's Tracy, whatever. And she was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then like two days into us hanging out with her, she's like, oh, it's so, 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 trashy. And we're like, what did you say? She's like, trashy, that's her name, right? I was like, no, Tracy. She's like, that's what I said. I was like, mom, Tracy, not trashy. And I think that is where I think the name came from. And then it got passed out. But, you know, whatever. The name was there and I love it. So, yeah. But, um... As we mentioned, she is a doctor of veterinary medicine. So for this episode, I wanted to kind of um, get into her mind and a work day. So let's just transition right into fresh fruit. Yeah. I guess my first question is, um, just so the listeners know, I guess you can be really short with it, but where did you go to school? Like, what's your timeline for school, pretty much? So for undergrad, as we talked about, I went to Cal State Long Beach. Uh And then for veterinary school, I went to Ross University. Which is? Which is a veterinary school. (laughs) (laughs) What I meant to say is, where is this vet school? It is in the Caribbean. So it's on the island of St. Kitts, um, which is in the West Indies. Side note, because you know I love a long story short. Mm-hmm. Should we tell this story? Oh, gosh, probably. <laughs> okay, this is going to be quick. You guys know it's not going to be quick, but I'm going to try to like <laughs> bullet point this. So I went out to St. Kids to visit Tracy when she was there. 
And um, St. Kitts is a very like, um, what would you say? Underdeveloped. Underdeveloped, I yes. think is a very appropriate mm-hmm. word. Very under- underdeveloped Caribbean island. We had a great time though, but it was like a trip from hell, even though it was like the best trip ever because like the roads are shit there. So we got a flat tire and it took like what, like three hours for us to figure out how to fix the tire. There's no AAA. No AAA. There's nothing like that. Like the AAA is like you putting a rock in the hole of the tire, (laughs) praying to God, you make it to where you need to go. Um, And then she did like this whole sea excursion on a catamaran. I get awfully seasick, like major seasick. It like where... I was like dying the whole trip. <laughs> I felt so bad. And, and it was I like felt so bad because I planned it specifically for him. And I was like, this is great. You can snorkel. There's an open bar. You know, Brian doesn't drink, but I thought maybe he would want to imbibe. Oh man, I felt so bad. I, I couldn't drink. And then literally when we stopped to get in the water to snorkel, I was like so excited because it's like, get me off this boat. Right when I jump in, salt water gets in my throat. I throw up in the ocean. <laughs> Luckily, I was like by myself. I just swim away from the throw up. <laughs> And then this is like the kicker and the main reason why we bring it up, but there's a volcano on the island which created it and it's been dormant for years. Mm-hmm. And we Tracy's like, oh, it's great to hike, like hike, hike, hike. So it was a great hike. We hike up it, great views. We start coming down and one of the girls that was with us, her mom was like not physically able to finish the hike. So she paused halfway through. On the way down, she's like talking about how she had a great time by herself in the jungle, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She's in her mid story, isn't paying attention, slips on a rock, lands on the ground and a branch goes straight straight through her calf okay straight through her calf to where it was so bad i don't even want to go into details but it was so bad we were taking shirts off and making like what is tourniquet. it a tourniquet to mm-hmm. stop the bleeding and my ass who was like the only real fit one i mean your husband was there he was fit but he was kind of like winded he, and he's probably like half her size yeah <laughs> he's but my yeah not a huge guy and he's not a huge guy but small, yes so. this lady no offense to her but she was not a petite woman mind <laughs> you like we said she couldn't make it up the mountain so that mm-hmm. gives you an idea of her athletic strength yeah. long story short we were like about to be stuck on this island in on this volcano and then this caribbean man came down and was like what's going on and he literally picked her up this guy was probably like 150 pounds this woman was probably a hundred 90? Yeah. 190 pounds. I think the guy was like a good 130. 130 like probably. Beanpole. Yeah. Bean pole. Just lifts her up over his shoulder and yes. starts running down yes. this mountain. In, uh, rain boots. Rain boots. Yes. Rain boots. With like no traction. Just jogging. And when I say it's a hike, it's like legit a hike. Not like an LA nature walk. It was like grabbing vines and climbing walls. This motherfucker was just jumping <laughs> off things like running down. I was like, thank God this black man showed up because I don't have it in me to tell her she's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, bitch gonna die. Yep. So she got airlifted off the island mm-hmm. to um, Miami, Miami because it yeah. was not a developed country. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not long story short, but yeah. there's that. It so, you went. So, coming fun back trip. circle, yep. you went to school out in the Caribbean. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, what is your specialty? Um, so, I didn't necessarily specialize. Okay. I work with small animals, so dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to choose what type of animal. There's people that do mis- mixed animal practice, but most people will focus in on either what we call a small animal, so dogs and cats. Okay. Um, large animals, so like horses, farm animal, you know, cows, pigs, goats, or exotics is kind of most of everything else. So like lizards, turtles, bunnies, all those kinds of things. So 
I work primarily just with dogs and cats currently. You're like living everyone's childhood dream. Yeah. I feel like everyone wanted to be a vet. It was mine too. Everyone wanted to be a vet or uh, everyone wanted to be a marine biologist. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I want to be a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. That was my major going into college was marine biology. Yeah, I do remember that. Because I thought the veterinary path would just be too hard. I didn't think I could make it through. Um, But I loved the ocean and I loved animals. So I decided to major in marine biology um, about my third year, I realized you do not work with animals very commonly when you're a marine biologist. There's a lot of other things. Like that, testing water probably. Yeah, or like salinity profiles yeah, and, that. you know, the plant life and whatnot. And I wanted, the only thing I would want to do in that field is work with marine mammals, not like, even fish. Like ride dolphins. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you want to get a degree I to ride dolphins. I to be friends with Cooper. That's it. So I, that's when I made the switch and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Love it. And... Made it through. So you hear that, guys? If you put your mind to it, you can achieve it. So now that we got like the less interesting stuff out of the way, let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, I guess the first question I'm going to throw at you is, what is your favorite part about being a vet? I love surgery. Oof. So that's always been my favorite thing. I oh didn't my God. know that going into school. Like I, It wasn't like I had a huge interest in surgery before all of it, but... I just loved anatomy when I first started learning where you would go into the cadaver lab and there would be the dogs that we would learn on and we would dissect them. And like, I'm like, what's your favorite part? I'm sitting here thinking you're going to be like playing with the dogs. You're like touching dead bodies. Yeah. Well, that's where it started at least. <laughs> She's so it was dark. Great. It was, oh, I could say worse. I'll hold back just a little bit. But, um, I, you know, learning like all the muscles and the bones and the functions and how everything works to make the body work yeah. um i just i loved it and i what i love about surgery too is that you have a problem and then you have a way to fix it you have a yeah. problem and a solution and it's a pretty you know there's a start and a finish whereas with a lot of other things like more complex medicine things like diabetes or uh-huh. those kinds of things uh-huh. there's a lot of gray area there's lots of it gets better and it gets worse and it gets better and then like there's trial complicating and error. factors yeah. and there's no finish and end. There's no right answer. It's always different. And I don't like that. <laughs> so totally. I it's... didn't love like physiology and those kinds of classes where there was just I don't know. I like a little more black and white, cut and dry right. type. I stuff. can imagine too that it's very fulfilling to see a dog like needing surgery mm-hmm. and then them waking up being like themselves again. Yeah. It's like you're really playing God. <laughs> I mean, you said that. <laughs> So in essence, I'm interviewing Jesus, you oh, guys. Stop it. The Jesus of veterinary medicine. That here. should be that should be the title no. of the episode. <laughs> Jesus of veterinary medicine. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Okay, so you said that you do surgeries. Um, can you off the top of your head just give us some like crazy surgery stories? Yeah. I so... want like I but before you go into mm-hmm. it, I want details. Yeah. Okay. I do. Well, I say that now because actually know. I don't know if I want details. <laughs> I'll let you know, we'll play it by ear. Okay. We'll see. If, we'll see how all this right. journey turns all out. Right, all right. Yeah. Give us the deets. So when I was at the Stresselchi hospital, they did everything. It was so crazy. So, you know, you think of like spays and neuters and things like that, that are pretty routine. They actually didn't really do that stuff because it was almost below right. what they would be doing. Like that's too um, typical, like a bandaid. Exactly. Yeah. So we would do things like removing liver masses or different masses like in the belly um, or like if a dog say swallowed a foreign body, meaning like anything they're not supposed to eat that's not passing through the intestine and then 
the intestines can actually rupture Ugh. and cause like infection to seep into the belly. So they'll go in and cut out the infected part and like sew the intestines back together and flush question. it out. And yes, already. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't get very far. Um, does it stink? I mean, there's a lot of stenches in vet mm. med. That's just a part of the life. Some things see, stink worse than mm-hmm. others. Like for me, smell is a big thing when it comes yeah. to gruesomeness. Like mm-hmm. when I see vomit, I can look at it, but then when I smell it, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. yeah. If I like looked at a dead body, I think I'd be fine. But if I Mm -hmm. smell a dead body, bitch, I'm out. Yeah. Well, you're wearing a mask, so it's a little less smelly. I would say usually there's stuff smellier not actually in surgery than when you're... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt. It's okay. (laughs) So those are like kind of routine type stuff, Uh but there was some really neat stuff like um, surgeries in the chest, so thoracic surgeries, so like removing a lung lobe because either there's like a mass or an yeah. infection or something like that. And actually going into the chest and seeing, it's so cool how the lungs look when they're like inflated and not inflated. And the like, texture, wait, is it, so neat. The animal's not breathing while you're cutting them open, yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. So, so this is them breathing and you see it yeah, internally? They usually breathe on their own during surgery. But once you cut into the chest, basically just how the... Um, chest functions there's negative pressure within the chest cavity so you have to maintain that for the lungs to be able to inflate so as soon as you puncture into the chest cavity you release that negative pressure so when you go into the chest you have to manually breathe for them so you know they're under anesthesia they have like a tube down their throat and you have to you know either put them on a ventilator or use like a bag and use your hands and you squeeze the bag and you give them breath oh bitch i thought you were gonna say you squeeze the lung (laughs) no no (laughs) like your hands are not to squeeze the lung (laughs) i sound so ignorant but i'm visualizing you like 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 elbows no. deep in a motherfucking cat, okay? Like wearing like <laughs> cat gloves. Like how does that? How does that even work? I don't even know, but no. I see you wearing a cat glove, a dog glove. You got a bird hat. Like you should bitch. come into surgery with me nah, sometimes, so you can uh, see how it actually works. Actually, I would love to do that, but I think I would only need to watch maybe a thirty-second yeah, little, little monologue. All right. <laughs> Because I feel like when I see stitches being given, mm-hmm. that already grosses really? me out. Yeah, oh, stitches, so and when I see me. people getting, oh, bitch, you crazy. <laughs> So relaxing. You're just like acting as if you're stitching a quilt for it's your children. Wonderful. It's very peaceful. <laughs> you're getting really dark. I don't. Re- I didn't realize you were so dark about this shit. Like you're. It's creepy. I don't feel like it's dark though. <laughs> Stop judging me. You're, I have something else that happened at work yesterday. That okay, is I love that. Even worse. Wait, and so you're gonna judge. Were you me done so with much. the breathing? Because no. I totally took no, a right turn there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give like, me give me the tea for just, that. It's really cool, and you actually get to see the heart beating. Oh, like see, no. it's I'm so out. cool. I'm out. Like, touch the heart while it's It's beating. a no for me, it's dog. So cool. <laughs> In I the words it. of Randy, oh, it's a no. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think. I think it'd be. I guess it's cool because it's one of those things. It's like, I, like Aurora Borealis, like the yeah. Northern Lights. Like yeah. you don't get opportunities to see mm-hmm. crazy yeah. things like that. Right. And I think. I think it's probably crazy to see it because you're like wow this is what is making this thing alive exactly. and so you're it's seeing so it in crazy. action from Everything like the reverse side function at the same time <sighs> and i mean i love it so i've seen there was like surgeries actually on the heart i've seen done surgeries mm-hmm. on the lungs mm-hmm. um spinal surgery we had a neurosurgeon there so it's that spinal you know surgery on the spine and then orthopedic surgery too so like fracture repairs yeah. or like if a dog tears a ligament in their knee, which is super. Oh my common. god! Speaking of ligament tears, sorry, I pause again. But literally, I text Tracy. I'm like, "Hey, today's the day we're gonna record this episode. Tell me why Tokyo is playing in the front yard and fucking rips his leg apart. Not really, but 
never has an injury, rips his leg, blah, blah. I'm sitting here calling Tracy, like, what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you're fine. Da, da, da. Which is a great reason why people in high places are good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't have to take his motherfucking ass into a vet because she's like, he's fine. And I was like, oh, thank God. Kind of. Kind of what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's more to it, but we don't need to go into the details. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, it's okay. (laughs) But we know the drill. It's it's normal. Yes. (laughs) So you were saying. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like lots of different orthopedic surgeries and... I mean, just everything under the sun yeah. I saw there. And it was really cool. And some interesting cases, things that you wouldn't see from the day to day. So right. that's awesome. But then since I've been on my own, uh-huh. I've started, you know, I'm the primary surgeon. And it's weird because I was always learning from someone else right. and assisting and helping. And it was pretty weird the first couple of times to be like, okay, here's your case. The technicians put it under anesthesia. They put it in the operating room and then... You're the head bitch in charge. And it's just us. You're the head bitch in charge. It's like no one really to, you know, there's people to help me out. There's other doctors But you're the one that's like the adult in the room in essence. Exactly. I'm the adult. And sometimes, you know, when I was an intern, we would call ourselves baby doctors. Yeah. Like if we needed something, we'd be like, can someone go find an adult? Because I just can't, (laughs) you know. And now there isn't one. I mean, my colleagues are great and they're very helpful and we kind of collaborate and whatnot. But yeah. Girl, sitting here hearing that, like I know you're a vet and we've been friends for years. (laughs) But bitch, I'm so proud of you. You better slay. I love you. Yes, bitch. Head bitch in charge. She's like, cut him open. Right. (laughs) It is weird though. I I don't like this. I don't feel old enough. I don't feel grown up enough for all of this but um do you ever get stressed about that i think i would be so stressed about to be like what i'm about to do is going to affect this um, dog's life some well it depends on what it is the stuff that i've done more and feels more routine doesn't stress me out anymore but okay there's still a lot of stuff i mean i've only worked in general practice now being kind of on my own instead of working underneath someone else uh-huh. for about seven months seven eight months now so there's a lot of surgeries I haven't, I've seen done multiple times, but I've never been the primary person sure, doing it. Sure. So that stresses me out, but it's fun at the same time. What, 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 give me, um, what was your like hardest surgery you think you've performed? Um, so the ones that stress me out more, um, are basically surgery of the GI tract. So like intestinal surgeries, really? just because I haven't done them very much okay. and it's, they're pretty they can be dangerous. They can be risky because there's so much bacteria in the intestines. And whenever you cut into it, there's risk of infection in the belly. Or when you sew it back up, if you don't sew it well or something happens, it can basically dehiss or just fall apart. And then all that bacteria just seeps into the belly and then they can die. They can go septic yeah. and die. So there's just a lot more risk with it than if you're going in and you're just like... Chopping balls off. Yeah, that's super <laughs> simple. Yeah. There's not a lot of risk with that. So... Those stress me out, but they also excite me because I think it's so cool. So that's probably, I mean, one of the hardest surgeries I've done, I guess, is when there was a foreign body and I had to remove it. So there was something stuck in the intestines. I had to cut out a segment of the small intestine and then sew the two ends together to make it whole again. Yeah. So that is really fun. I enjoyed it. Okay. Side note too. When you sew an intestine together, is it now always short? Yeah, but there's... Or does it grow back out? No, no, no. That's... It's not going to... Yeah, it's not going to grow in length, but there's a lot of intestine. Like, I should know probably the length of it, but it's really long. (laughs) Fake doctor. (laughs) Yeah, right. But you can remove a good amount without being affected. Sure. Once you remove a, like, a large amount, uh, you end up with something called short bowel syndrome, and they, like, can't absorb things properly, and they have, like, chronic diarrhea. Do they get skinny? 
Uh, yeah, the one they can make. <gasps> Ooh, those, I oh, need that. But not good, not good. That's okay, girl. Okay, sickly. They should fine. do that in real medical yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. Cut everyone's intestines out. Yeah. So you can get skinny. Well, I mean, they have bypass, gastric oh, bypass. Oh, true. So All right, little... we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's fun. I've done amputations. So I've cut off limbs that need to be cut off. I've taken out eyeballs. Oh, A lot of taking stuff away. <laughs> just cutting it off. <laughs> taking out like masses. Spays, neuters. Um, okay. What do you do with the body part once you just cut it off? It depends. So most of the time it's going to go to the lab because usually you're cutting it off because there's something wrong with it. Uh-huh. And you send it to a pathologist. So they look at it under a microscope and give you kind of a diagnosis. Okay. Um, but if it's not something that needs to go to the lab, then it goes in the trash can. And you just throw it out in the dumpster? Um. I believe it's disposed of as medical waste. I really don't do that. The throwing away part. That's kind of the tech's job. So I'm not honestly really sure how they do it. <laughs> it might go in the dumpster. You bring it home and cook it for some stir fry. Yeah, It's funny because <laughs> I actually did an amputation yesterday, a, a front limb amputation. And it kind of looks like a drumstick. And the techs are always like, is my lunch ready? Like, is it done? And this is what I was trying about to say earlier as you were saying I'm dark and gross and twisted and <laughs> me and my colleague were in there we were working on it together and we we're using electrocautery so that's basically um like a tool that heats up and it is supposed to cauterize the vessels so that they don't bleed and it cuts through the tissue cauterize like let's put layman terms I get what you're saying but for the listeners Make pretty much hot. Just hot, like <laughs> seal off yes everything exactly. right like With it's heat. like melting it together exactly. to seal it off yeah, yeah. So we were doing, we're using it to cut through the muscles to get the arm off. And oh my God, we this both is so kind real. of looked at each other and we're like, oh, it smells good. And we both are like, that is so wrong and so twisted and it's disgusting. But why do we both think that smells good? Like, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> I guess, for some reason, I guess what, it would smell like cooking meat, right? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I know it's this terrible. This job is turning you so but dark, But I bitch. was happy that she agreed because she's a very sweet, normal person. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not. Because you're sitting here so like twisted. sewing body parts together and being Frankenstein. And then you're talking about eating dog, dog cauterized meat. And you're yeah. like, lunch is right around the corner. It, well, smells good. That, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. But I get it. I'm Korean. We eat dogs. So that right. feels right I at home. I thought you would understand. Girl, you should just come over. Bring the dog leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Another uh, surgery we do really commonly is like so sewing up lacerations or uh-huh. when they get in a fight or they get infections and we have to like cut out the infected stuff. And we actually had one this week. The owner thought that the dog was attacked by a possum. Don't know why. They uh-huh. just like came outside and found the dog after it was attacked and assumed it was a possum. It was a possum. We're pretty sure it was a coyote because this dog had oh, like no. no skin. Like oh, his whole bitch. side from his chest to his belly, there was a patch probably like a foot each <gasps> way. And this was like a chihuahua dog. Like it wasn't a big dog. Just completely gone. Oh my god. And See, this had, is like... where it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that graphic. I don't know what it okay. is, but keep going. Keep um, going. And then it had like a I'll couple other missing spots. Like it had a bunch of punctures on the neck and some on the leg. Was it like in critical condition? Yeah. It, I mean, it was critical, but we just treat, like we stabilized it, hydrated it, you know, got it pain meds and whatnot. And then my colleague sewed it up. And it's fine now. Who knows? Oh. 
thought there was a good ending to that story. It, it, went, it got through surgery fine. It'll probably, I didn't work today. I don't work tomorrow. But probably when I get back to work, it'll probably still be there. It might fall apart because sometimes when it's like something that bit another animal, the mouth is very dirty. Right. And it, it just, can become infected. So yeah. if it gets infected, it can fall apart basically. <sighs> That's so funny. what are some myths that people think yeah. are normal and you're like, that's a no? Yeah. So that's the one I thought of first is people have heard that dogs' mouths are cleaner than ours. And I just don't really know where that ever started. White people. <laughs> it started from white people who like to make out with the dogs. You're probably right. Honestly. Because you don't see any other you race. wanted an excuse. Yes. They're like, no, it's clean. It's cute. It's pee pee. Yeah. Or foo foo or whatever the fuck that yeah. is. And they're sitting there licking their dogs like... Yeah, but I mean... Dog lick their asshole. Like, that's not clean. Exactly. Like, I let my dog lick me. But you know what? But I'm gross. I lick an asshole, so... (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know what? I retract my statement. That's so true. I've licked a lot of assholes. But you know what? I'm not sitting here trying to say my mouth is clean. Right? But You know what? I've licked a lot of assholes. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I take it back. Dogs... Dogs are like humans. We like to lick... Well, like me, I guess. I'm a dog. Right? Okay, well, sorry. Continue. But then think about if you were 12 and you'd never brushed your teeth. Or in dog years, you know, however old that is. Oh, you're right, because you don't really brush so, your dog's no. teeth. And they're not only licking their butts, they're licking the ground, they're eating dirt, they eat poop, like, all this That's craziness. That's very valid. And then they never, ever brush their teeth. And why in the world would someone think that their dog's mouth is Wait, that kind of grosses me out now that it you say gross. that because I don't even want him to lick my hand. Well, you don't really let Tokyo That's true. give you any affection. That's true. So I think That's you're true. fine. But dogs in general. Yeah. Oh, bitch. I mean, I just don't really care. But the reason I bring that up could be because I had an owner whose dogs got in a fight with each other and the one dog that got bit had this like huge abscess, this huge infection on its face and they didn't bring it in for a couple days because they thought it was going to be fine. And then we, I had to do surgery on it to cut out the infection. And the <laughs> husband of the dog, the own, owner, is basically, he was just like, you know, it's just weird that this would happen because dogs' mouths are so clean. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't answer. Yeah, you're just like, and okay. he's like a grown man. And I was like, sir, I'm going to be true. honest. I'm a grown man. I, I just took oh, that as fact too. Man. But I wouldn't See, say it. Crazy. I, I think dogs are gross in yeah. general. And having he a was dog, like, but... really? And then I brought it up. I was like, yeah, imagine if you never brushed your teeth. Yeah. That's kind of rude and blunt, but sometimes you just can't handle Yeah. Wait, it. give us, give us like two more myths. Um. If you can think of any off the top of your head. Yeah. So people think that, uh, when dogs eat grass, that means they're nauseous. Uh-huh. That's not. They just want salad. Yeah, they're on a health kick. They just want a snack. Wait, actually, Tokyo does that all the time when I take him on a walk. He'll sit there and eat all the grass. Kit does too. She, my dog is Kit. By the way, she's the best dog in the world. She's a good dog. Um, she likes the way grass tastes. So, you know, people just piece things together, and it's not their fault if they don't know any better, and that's what they heard. But they'll come in saying, you know, oh, he ate grass today. So he's really nauseous. And I'm like, well, did he vomit? No. Is he still eating his food? Yeah, that's all fine. You know? They really just bring him in from eating grass? Sometimes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, and then last myth. Mm. 
I'm, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. it's all right. We don't think of one. Yeah, think of one. If it, if it yeah. comes up, you can just shout it out and stop because yeah. I do that shit all the time. Yeah. I always like to take moments for us to grow as individuals. So someone who thinks they know but don't don't know, coming from myths, mm-hmm. what should patients not do bringing their dog in? Okay. I guess what what are they clients? Clients. Mis- clients. Yeah. What yeah. what what should clients not do when they bring their dog in? Yeah, there's definitely like specific. <laughs> things that people do that you're like that's just crazy uh-huh. you know like things that's just to that individual yeah. that isn't broad but in a general sense I would say something that can be very frustrating is when people bring in their pet and you know it's something that's kind of non-specific that's going on like he vomited a couple uh-huh. times or whatever there are actually like tons of causes of vomiting and you can't tell from just looking at the dog you right. just don't know right. and you'll say you know I I don't know, but this is what I see on the exam, and we really would need to do an x-ray and maybe check blood to know why, Right. if you want to know why. Right. And there's definitely a good amount of people that want you to give them a diagnosis, but don't want to do any diagnostics at all. I can imagine, because they're like cheap. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to spend that money, and they think that literally just telling you that this is what happened once, or this is what's going on, that you can just tell them, and it's, it's a little crazy, because yeah. you would never go to your, your doctor no. and be like... So <laughs> I vomited. What happened? Yeah, yeah, they would always do tests. Like, you could be it's like, "Are you possible. pregnant? Were you drinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you eat something? Do you have an allergy?" Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, and then people will get frustrated that you can't tell them exactly sure. what's wrong. And then sometimes you do tests, and they don't always tell that you what's wrong. And it's people sometimes. I mean, every client's different, but they think that we are trying to get their money and for sure to get them. And it's, it's a bummer because it's definitely not where and we're coming from. I feel from. like what people don't realize too, is that even though you're a vet, like dogs don't speak English, it's, just like yeah. a child could express how they're <laughs> exactly. feeling. And we you can kind of them. like, you know, process of elimination, yeah. but a dog will sit there and wag their tail after yeah. they threw up and try to oh, eat totally. it, even though they're not doing so well. So it's totally up to how the owner interprets what's going on sure. with the dog. Cause we can't ask him. That would make it so much easier. So that's definitely one thing just, and I always try to be understanding to people's real life situations and finances. And I understand if you can't do things, but then don't expect, expect an things that can't yeah. happen. Or a lot of, I've literally had people ask me, can you just give them a shot? They think that there is an injection for everything. <laughs> like, and then that's just not real life. Yeah. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. So things like that. Um, it can be very frustrating when people use Dr. Google, which I know is inevitable because it's so easy and you want to learn about what's going on and be informed. Doc, Dr. Google as in like just searching yeah, that's like WebMD. We Basically, <laughs> they think they can doctor their themselves yeah. because they Google things. So they'll come in and tell you what they read online. And you have no idea what source it's coming from. Right. It's usually not something reputable. Um, and they'll sometimes disagree with what you're telling them. And, you know, as colleagues will joke a lot, like, really go, you know, go do the eight years of school and go do this. And it sounds kind of hoity-toity and I don't mean it that way, but it can be frustrating. And for sure, it would be nice to be in a simpler time before the internet was so available for people. But that's people so silly for people to think because you. it's like, why did you go to school then? If you can just Google right. it, then why are you here? Exactly. Like, you know what's wrong if you think that that mm-hmm. is the case. Yeah. So just like figure out on Google yeah. what they need. Have them eat some grass. <laughs> right? I wish I could say that sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And then give us one more thing. Um, oh, something that really irks me coming back to the internet a little Uh bit is when I'll be talking to someone and they're on their phone and they'll be like scrolling through Instagram and I'm trying to have a conversation with them and it just feels very disrespectful and frustrating. And I just 
want to really walk out of the room right. until they're ready to talk to me. They're just like know. detached parents. Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. Or, uh, sorry, it just no, keeps coming. Ahead. This is just specific to myself. It's like when too. I do the, the flight right? attending thing, you start with one thing, you're like, actually, yeah, and you're like, they just no, 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 no. Yeah, so keep going. Um, this is specific to me, but I frequently get um, owners that look at me and are, tell me that I'm too young. Or they'll usually just <laughs> no, be like, oh, you're so you young, yeah. you know? And I know what they mean. They mean that oh, you look too young for this. Like, right. I don't know that I can right. trust what you're saying. Right. That's usually what they mean. Right. I usually just say, oh, thanks. Because I take it as, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty I'm young. young and, and I'm killing look it. what I've done yeah. so far. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I know they don't mean it that way, but it's hard not to take it that way for sometimes. Sure. So. Which is such a specific thing to you that I you'd know, be upset yeah. with. But... but I have a lot of call, like friends my age in the field that the same exact thing happens sure. to them. Um, I think those are kind of all the questions I have. We do have a lot of listener questions, so we'll get okay. into that. But um, was there anything else you wanted like to kind of tell us or inform us about that you find interesting uh, about the job or like don't do this or any myth or anything? I mean, I have to throw in a, a little soapbox PSA okay. to vaccinate yes. your animals. Yes, let's wait. Let's let's signify alert alert. Okay. This is important. Yes. So Tracy's trying to help you out. This is a medical doctor coming <laughs> from real life experience and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So y'all, if you have a pet, this is for you. So shout it out. Yes, yes. So and this is one of my other favorite parts about the job actually is educating uh-huh. and just talking to people that come in and kind of teaching them about their pet and what to do as a pet owner and you know, teaching them about what's going on with their animal and helping them understand. I really do enjoy that. Uh-huh. Um, so just a couple of very basics as a pet owner. Um, vaccinate. So get your pet's vaccines. When they are puppies, do the vaccine series. Do everything that the vet is telling you you should do. All of these diseases that are infectious as you know, puppies and kittens are so preventable. And it's really heartbreaking when you have a puppy come in and this family... And it has something like parvovirus or distemper. They're both deadly diseases that they come in and they're attached to this dog and they love them so much. And a lot of times we can't save them. Right. And they would have been fine if they were vaccinated. Right. And then spay and neuter. Um, Work. Work. There's so many pets out there that need homes. There's tons and tons of pets being euthanized daily at shelters because there's just not enough homes for them. And, you know, there's a lot of people that either you know, think, oh, but I might, I might breed my dog, so Uh I don't want to do it. And for one, most people say that you're not going to actually do it. So spay or neuter. Um, or, you know, there's just, there's too many out there already. Mm -hmm. Do population control. It's good on that aspect. There's also lots of health benefits to doing it. Dogs get breast cancer. If you don't spay your dog before its first heat cycle, it's something like 80% more likely to get oh, shit. mammary cancer, which they can get later in life and right. die from. There's other things too with not, when you don't neuter, dogs can get testicular cancer yeah, yeah. and you can prevent that. So, you know, little and, things like that. In essence, just summing it up from what I'm hearing is mm-hmm. just be a responsible owner. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't take pet ownership as a responsibility they think it's a right and they think that it's like getting a plant exactly and they're not prepared for the responsibilities that come along with it there is cost that comes along with it if you're not prepared for those things don't do it they're better off in a home where someone will do those for sure awesome adopt don't shop 
Adopt, don't shop. <laughs> Bitch, yes, with all these slogans. Well, okay. I think we should transition right into listener letters. So let's get into this yeah, fruit smoothie. One, two. Blend it up, drop it down, mix it up, round it round. We the boys that keep it juicy. Come and get your fruit smoothie. As a listener, you guys, as part of the snack pack, always follow us on Instagram or one of our personal pages, or you can even write into us at fruitsnackspot at gmail.com. We do post questions on our Instagram story. And with that said, these are some of the responses. That's probably the easiest way to get your question answered on one of our episodes. But it's always fun to have you guys part of the conversation because I feel like it makes the episodes a little more dynamic. So let's get right into this fruit smoothie. The question I posed is, what would you want to ask a real vet? Because you are a real vet. Um, so there's a lot of questions about people's animals right. that we're going to toss at you. Let's do okay, it. Okay, so um, from California underscore K, she asks, why does my husky howl when other huskies are howling? And I feel like that's pretty general for a lot of dogs that are howlers. Yeah, yeah. But huskies, I would, if you had to ask me what dog is the most talkative, I would tell you a husky. They're just a vocal breed. So they are expressive. They like to talk. They like to howl. Uh-huh. Uh, they're noisy. They just are. And so why why is that triggered? Because I feel like that happens a lot, even like when an ambulance goes by or some sort of like when, yeah. when people will like kind of mimic a howl, yeah. they'll like mimic it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it probably goes back to a pack mentality kind of situation. Oh, sure. Like wolves. But- yeah, I, I don't know for sure. It's probably like one of those things where a dog sees another dog and they go ape shit. Yeah. Where yeah. it's just like, I hear you, nigga. Yeah, right? They're just trying to <laughs> That's what they're saying. Other. They're like, what up, nigga? Yeah, what up? <laughs> I'm so done with myself. Okay, Um. from, well, what? Go ahead. I was just going to say a lot of people ask about behavior stuff uh-huh. um, at their visits or whatnot. And sometimes it's linked to something else. And like yeah. I can say, oh, there might be this underlying thing. But as a vet, you don't really learn animal behavior. You learn a little bit. Sure. But that stuff is not, I, I don't know. A right, bit. right. So I usually have to tell people to go to behaviorists because it's not really part of the medicine right. so much. Right, right. Um, it's more like you guys fix a problem and a behavior not necessarily is a problem if it's not hindering, I guess, yeah, the exactly. situation. Yeah, exactly. If there's not like an underlying medical issue right. or a medical cause, right. then it's not always. And right. I mean, more common stuff I can weigh in on, but that's just like from personal experience. Right. Just really. like humans, certain people do certain things. Yeah. And you're like, the fuck? Why are you doing that, Sometimes bitch? Sometimes you just don't know. Okay, next question. I feel like this is a pretty obvious one, but I don't know. I'm not a vet. Um, from Brooks and Pals, it says... Is chocolate bad for dogs? Because my dog has eaten quite a bit of chocolate. Yeah, sure is. Chocolate is <laughs> So that's toxic. not a myth. That is not a myth. Okay. Let's just do a quick rundown of the toxic things, common Ooh, things. For yeah, dogs. let's. That's, so that's good. chocolate is a pretty common one. Um, and yes, it's toxic. It depends on the type of chocolate. So white chocolate is actually not toxic. Dark chocolate is the most toxic. So the darker you get, the higher concentration of the so toxic like stuff. ultimately like cocoa. Yeah. Okay. So like a baker's chocolate that's just like pure cocoa. That's the worst. And then it's gonna depend on your dog's weight and how much they eat, basically. Right. So my dog's eaten chocolate before, and I saw how much it was, and I know how much she weighs, and I said, "You might vomit, but you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Like I'm not taking you in because what is that's like a fault. what's a what's a sign that you're like oh. Call the yeah. call 911. So the first clinical signs are vomiting and diarrhea. Uh-huh. So that's what happens first. Um, if the toxicity is higher, the next thing 
Um, it affects the heart, so it can cause like a racing heart. Uh-huh. So a normal heart rate in most dogs is between about like 80 to 130-ish. Uh-huh. Um, so above that, that's like a racing heart. Okay. So it can cause tachycardia is what that is. Um, and then the, and it can cause basically the heart to like arrhythmias and things uh-huh. like that. That can be really dangerous. And then lastly, it can cause seizures if it's okay. toxic enough. And it can um, kill the dog if there's enough. What are some other foods that could be toxic to dogs? Yeah, so another pretty toxic one is grapes. Really? Um, grapes and raisins. I'm learning so much. Thank yeah. you guys for these questions. Yeah, so that causes kidney failure in dogs. And Great. we don't know a lot about it yet. So we don't know exactly what is toxic in them and what the dosage is. So it's a little hard because like a dog can eat one grape and go into kidney failure. And then we have owners that are like, oh, I've been feeding my dog grapes for years and it didn't affect them. So you never really know. So yeah. you kind of just have to treat to be safe. Um, so also raisins because that's just a dried grape. Right. Um, onions and garlic are toxic. But do dogs anemia. eat that? Yeah. A lot of people will cook food for their oh, dogs true. with it. That you know? makes sense. And put that in there. Um, xylitol, which is a artificial sweetener. Mm. So it's in like gum or some like peanut butters, anything that's like sugar free or whatever they use that sugar substitute. I see. Um, that's toxic to dogs. That's as far as like foods. Um, for cats, cats are, can't, cannot have lilies. Not that that's a food, but <laughs> like people get lilies on Easter and cats like Wait, to what? eat plants. Oh, plants. Like okay. A plant, yeah. Yeah. A flower. Okay, okay. Yeah. And cats like to chew on plants and that causes kidney failure in cats. How random. Yeah. Um, say if a dog gets chocolate, eats chocolate, are there any home remedies to try to like mediate? Um, so there's actually calculators online where you can just type in like chocolate dosage toxicity yeah. or whatever chocolate dog. And there's online calculators where you can put in your dog's weight, how many ounces you think they ate, what kind it was, and it mm-hmm. can tell you about what range in the toxicity you are. So I it see. can tell you, you know, what if you're at risk or not. Sometimes a vet will tell you to give your dog hydrogen peroxide to make them vomit if okay. you know it happened recently. So that's something you can do at home. Um, ask your vet for the correct dosage. Um, but there's always a risk that they can aspirate, which means basically inhale their vomit, um, which can cause pneumonia. So it's safer to take them into the vet to have that done, right. but it is something you could do at home if you're aware Great. of the risk. Great. Love that. From Tabs, she asks, my dog likes to shed shred toilet paper when he's home alone slash bored. How do I stop this? I had a feeling there would be a lot of behavior. Yeah, right. As you just say, behavior, blah, blah, blah. Right. That he has anxiety. He has separation anxiety. Uh Uh-huh. So it needs to be addressed, basically. There's some different, like, training techniques that you can try. Um, There's lots of resources online. I would look for, like, a book written by a veterinarian that's a behaviorist. um, And they talk a ton about um, separation anxiety. But... Uh, Do you think it would help to like get the dog tired before you leave? Not necessarily. No, I don't uh, really think so because that's they're still be going to be triggered by what you're doing. So, like something that people will do is say your dog has separation anxiety, and when you go to grab your keys, that triggers them. They know mm. that what's coming next. So you can try to condition them to not have that trigger with the keys. So sure. go and grab your keys when you're not leaving, so they can hear you jingle the keys. They see that. But you're not leaving. So they're like, oh, that's not always a bad thing. Right. When you go to get the keys, give them a treat. 
now they associate it with something good. So kind of breaking that routine of how you leave the house and then they're not as triggered by it. Love it. Um, separate them from the things that they do. So close the bathroom door so he's not able to do it. Yeah. And then there's also medications that can help that kind of calm their anxieties and the medications can help also make dogs more receptive to training. Sometimes mm. they're just so overwhelmed and freaked out that they're, the training's not going to work because sure. they're not sure. susceptible to it, basically. So, yeah. All right. From at Miss <laughs> underscore Shay Lachey says, My dog has huge balls, but I feel horrible for cutting them off. So that's not really a question. But as we expressed, you said neuter your dog. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Your dog doesn't know anything about their balls. It's not going to hurt true. their feelings to not have it. We do, I feel like, have a decent amount of people that it's usually men that, like, don't want to neuter their dogs because they think it's taking away their manhood and it's, like, demasculating. Toxic masculin- masculinity yeah. being passed down to your and dog. it is kind of a cultural <laughs> thing, too, a little yeah. bit. And For yeah, sure, cultural things. For sure. Yeah, your dog's not going to miss their balls. They get real gross looking as they get older they do they can get testicular cancer they can get prostate cancer their prostate can get so big as they get older that they can't urinate and then there's not much you can do about it so um yeah cut them off cut them off every time i see those things on a dog walking by i'm like just want to snip them cut them off okay so from at joey simmy <laughs> underscore hey says joe. hey joe is heartworm medication worth it and she goes hi tracy <laughs> <laughs> So, um, that kind of depends on the region that you're in. There are some, so heartworm basically is a parasite that is transmitted by mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. And, um, when a dog is bitten by an infected mosquito, they can get heartworm and it goes into their bloodstream. And basically there's actually worms within the vessels and it, they live in the heart and there can be so many that it can cause heart failure and you can like look up a, a picture online it looks like spaghetti coming out of the heart it's That's pretty crazy. disgusting so it is very important but we don't have a lot of mosquitoes here on the west coast so like if you had a dog and you lived in tennessee or florida or something and you didn't have them on a heartworm medication they would probably get it and they could die from it yeah um not all vets necessarily recommend or push heartworm medication on the west coast because we just don't have many mosquitoes sure so it really depends where you are um my dog hasn't been on heartworm medication since we moved back here from the east coast and she has been fine i usually test her for it every once in a while um just to make sure she doesn't have it i might get her back on it just because why not yeah if they're that i've seen a couple cases here so it still happens but it's just not very common sure Okay, um, at Falling Leaves O2 asks, what's your opinion on essential oils used around pets, specifically diffusing or so, diffusers? I think there can be some benefits, but they can also be very dangerous. There's some... Wait, that... I don't... I'm, I'm unsure what this means. So do people use them in so, essence for their dog or just like yeah. to smell the house and then... No, people use them specifically for their dogs too or their cats. So um, like a diffuser... They can put like lavender, whatever uh-huh. in there, right? So, um, but I've also had owners come in and they actually rubbed them on their pets. Certain things and at certain dosages can be severely toxic yeah. to animals. I've seen a cat come in having seizures because their owner put oils on it. Um, so you just always ask your vet about the specific one that you're using. Um, diffusing, even inhaling it, it can be toxic. It depends yeah. what it is. So... 
And I'm sure there's sources online about specifically what is. I think if you're diffusing like lavender or something like that, you're going to be fine. Um, cats are a little more susceptible to the toxicity of it. Make sure that they're not like you leave them in a specific room and you have the diffuser on. Make mm-hmm. sure they can get away from it right. wherever it is. Um, and just be cautious. I don't know that there's any studies um, outlining the benefits, so I can't really speak on that. All right. Okay. Um, at Alyssa asks, is human food really bad for dogs? Um, not necessarily really bad. Uh, like I said before, avoid those toxic foods, of course. There's, you know, a lot of people don't know that those things are toxic. And then also avoid anything that's very fatty because fatty foods can cause pancreatitis in dogs. So Mm. that's basically inflammation of the pancreas and it can cause them to be very sick. It can make them vomit. It's very painful. And sometimes they have to be hospitalized to get through it. They can pass if it's severe. So um, I feel like it's just like humans though. Like eat healthy. It's fine. Don't eat healthy. Um, But also if you're feeding them just human food, they're not going to be getting a complete imbalanced diet. So they're going to be lacking in nutrients and um, minerals and whatnot. And that's to their detriment. So it's better to always feed a dog food that is complete and balanced. It's been made by someone. Or if you have to home cook, um, there's a website called balanceit.com. You can go on there and type in kind of the different things you want to cook for them. And then they can formulate like a supplemental kind of vitamin packet. That oh, awesome. You can get and you can add it to make sure that it's balanced. Awesome. At Brie Girly asks, does the brand of dog food you feed your pet really matter in terms of price and quality? No, I don't really think so. And I don't necessarily think expensive is better. The things that are important is that the food company has done trials on dogs and that the food, there should be a um, statement on the box or the bag, an AFCO statement that basically says this food is complete and balanced for all life stages, meaning your dog's going to get all the nutrients uh-huh. it needs. And it they should also do feeding trials. So they actually do it in the lab. They feed it to dogs of different mm-hmm. ages, different needs for years and make sure they test them and make sure that it's doing what they're saying it's doing. Not every company does that. So those are the best ones. And foods companies like Purina do that. That's something you can get at Target that is not expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to spend money on Blue Buffalo and think that it's the best. I don't necessarily think it's the best. So what's more important is that it's complete and balanced and they've you know done trials on it. Can you give an example of a good dog food brand that you would recommend? <clears throat> so we use Hills a lot in the veterinary field and that's just because they have a lot of different prescription diets for specific things that Uh we need um but they're a really good company i would say and they have non-prescription foods too um but i i like purina too i feed my dog that fairly frequently that's something you can get over the counter you don't need a prescription it's not too pricey they've been around a long time yeah um but there's so many foods out there and there's so many differing opinions on diet you can find a vet that has a different opinion on diet. Some vets support feeding raw food diets and they think that is the best thing that you can do for your pet. And then in opposition, I strongly disagree. And <laughs> I don't think raw food is a good idea. I think the risks definitely outweigh the benefits yeah. and they can get infectious diseases. You know, There was a report out recently that 50 cats, I think it was in Britain, that were fed a raw food diet by a reputable company. It wasn't just like they bought chicken at the store yeah. and fed it. It was a company, so it was prepared. Um, got bovine tuberculosis. 
and three of their owners got tuberculosis. Oh, shit. This is kind of a crazy rare disease that is not around much anymore. So that's that's just one example. Totally. There's a lot of um, push right now kind of marketing for pet food, especially all these kind of small um, boutique pet stores that have little organic, you know, small bags, small batch type of foods. And so many of them are grain free. And that's really, really popular for people right now. And there is really not any benefit to grain-free food, and it can actually hurt your dog. And so many people feed it because they just think it's the healthiest. They yeah. think we avoid some grains and whatnot, and they think, well, I don't tolerate gluten, so my dog might not. Um, it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know as much, like you know, we don't know that dogs can have like celiac disease right. or whatnot, like people do. Um, People think their dog's allergic, so they can't have grain. Usually dogs are allergic to protein, so it would be like the chicken or the beef. Right. It's very, very rare for them to be allergic to grain. They can be, but it's so uncommon that it's not worth switching because you have an inkling. You can get your dog tested to see what they're allergic to, and that's a better way. Um, But there's been studies, like peer-reviewed, published articles recently that dogs that were on a grain-free or boutique-type diets were developing deadly cardiac disease, so heart disease. And it was, like, linked to the dog food. Yeah. And that's pretty scary to know that there's not any proven benefit, but we know that it's making some dogs sick. Not all dogs, but some dogs. And I think it's kind of preying on people's weakness because the owners just want to do the very best thing for their dog. Yeah. And they think, oh, I'm getting this organic, grain-free, expensive dog food because I want to do the best thing. Um, but it's all marketing. Right. The food companies know that that's what you want. It's not at benefit to your dog. Right, so. right. A lot of people don't know that. Well, I mean, that's all good information yeah. because I don't know that shit either. Sorry, it was kind of long-winded. No, you're good. something I'm a little bit passionate um, about. We'll just wrap up this segment with one last question from Vincenzo underscore 101. Is it true that a dog licks your face because he can smell the food? Um, I don't think so. I think that could be one reason, but I think they get joy from it too. Because think about when your dog is licking your face. You're going to laugh. You're going to like right. yell at them. Even if you're saying no, you're giving them attention. So that's positive reinforcement. So when they jump up on you or they're licking you, you're interacting with them and that's what they want is you to play with them basically. So you're kind of like positively enforcing that behavior. You're positively enforcing unbrushed, nasty ass (laughs) fucking booty licking tongue to be all up over that skin. Mm -hmm. Your facial skin. Yeah, but it's just so nice. I don't know. Um, I think that was great. You like answered so many questions that I probably didn't even know either. Um, but again, as always, you guys, please write in anytime we post any other time, past episodes, whatever the fuck you want to do. Let us know what you want to talk about because we totally appreciate it. But um, yeah, let's just, I guess, wrap up this episode. All right, Tracy. So um, this segment here we're going to talk about is in season. Um, it's You already watched the episodes or listened to the episodes, so you probably know what it is. But it's just like a quick thing that you took interest in. Do you have one in your head or do you want me to go first? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll go. To which so, one? Okay, you'll go first. Um, 
this is going to sound not fresh and not in season <laughs> because it's been around for ages, but I've been super into acai bowls Ooh, lately. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Is it a kai acai? No, acai. Who knows? Acai. But I've been so into it. There's like a new place near my house that has all these different bases. They have like this coconut base and Ooh. all these different granolas and fruits. And I'm obsessed. I'm addicted. I really What's your like, favorite? I think we should go now. Maybe we oh, should Oh, I just would actually. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm down. So we're going to get acai <laughs> yeah. bowl after we wrap up this, this little episode. What is your favorite um, topping? I I like granola, and then I usually do like blueberries and strawberry, maybe banana, mm. and then I'll do like a little um, ginger honey mm, on mm, top. Mm. That's that's pretty much my go-to. I went to a place that had bee pollen. That Ooh, shit was so good because it good. was like crunchy and a little bit like a honey yeah. flavor. Ooh, I, I do toasted coconut. Too. Yes. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yep. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, great. I love it. Yeah. Um, mine's a little bit more on trend as well. Not new, but mm-hmm. it just this week I had it for dinner one night and I was like, I'm here for it. But it was cookies and cream or uh, not cookies and cream, milk and cookies from Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. I ate a pint of it for ice cream yeah. before I, before I did it too. I asked my roommate, um, I was like, hey, should I go get dinner or should I just eat this pint of ice cream? Yeah. He's like, well, did you go to the gym? I was like, yeah. He's like, then eat the ice cream. Yeah, because if you went to get dinner, you'd probably still eat the pint of ice cream. So at least you know you me saved too yourself well. some yeah. calories. <laughs> so true. But as always, you guys, thank you. Thank you first, Tracy, for letting me interview you for our podcast. I think this was a great episode. I learned so much. Hopefully people who are listening learned a lot. So thank you so much. Of course, it was lots of fun. But Tracy honestly reminds me of home. So um, it's always a good good time when I am back home with Tracy. Mm. Um, but you guys, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, like, subscribe, share, re- review, rate. If you can, when you listen to our episode, screenshot it and then tag our Instagram and we'll post you up on our Instagram story just to get the word out that we are out there, Fruit Snacks, and then like we can get a bigger following. But as always, thank you guys so much. And I guess we'll catch you next week. Bye. Yeah. Hey, Snack Pack. So this week for Fruit Facts, fact checking throughout the episode, there's not really many facts that I need to check because Tracy obviously was a wealth of knowledge. And I felt like she did a great job at explaining the things that needed to be explained further without um, using medical terms. There's only a few things that I might want to bring up um, because I think some people might not know. But one of the first terms is euthanize. She mentioned that when um, talking about her animals that she works on. Euthanize is putting down animals in a humane way. It's typically used um, in more of a non-medical term by saying we had to put our dog down or put our cat down. And usually uh, vets will euthanize an animal because they have like cancer or some sort of condition where keeping them alive is having the animal suffer more than just passing on, I guess. Um, And then the other two terms were spay and neuter, which is just taking out the reproductive organs of the the anatomy of an animal. Not necessarily like taking out the penis or cutting out the vagina or anything like that, but just like the part of the um, genitals, I guess, that help reproduce. And um, it's just like a responsible way to be a pet owner in her eyes of... um, just making sure that your pet is healthy and all of that. But I think that's pretty much it. That sums up Fruit Facts this week. Since we were talking to a doctor, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, But as always, thank you guys for tuning in. And check out next week's episode of Fruit Snacks.